The Dallas Stars are off until February 6th, but there's still a ton to talk about in terms of Texas hockey. And on today's episode, I'll answer some of your mailbag questions about this year's team. We'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about the identity of the team and also talk a little bit about some of the overtime struggles that have plagued the team all season, but more specifically this past week. All of this coming up on a Monday episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, January 30th. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started and whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring locked on stars listener thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day if you do feel so inclined to support the show you can subscribe on youtube or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform if you're listening on spotify or apple you can leave us a five star rating and review thank you guys for the continued support all throughout this season and including uh, this off week, this bye week, uh, if you will. The Stars, no games on the schedule this week. We won't see any Dallas Star in action until the weekend when Jason Robertson participates in the All-Star weekend festivities. But the rest of the team is off and getting some much-needed rest and getting prepared for the backstretch of this regular season. And we have a, a good amount of mailbag questions to go through today. Uh, the first one coming from Greg on the YouTube community tab. And he asked a question. We had a few questions actually come in uh, about this, both on Twitter and on YouTube in the comments. Overtime. It's been a big issue for the Stars this season, and especially recently. Uh, we saw all three home games this past week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, against Buffalo, Carolina, and New Jersey, all end in 3-2 overtime losses for the stars and basically asking is this an issue is this something that we should be concerned about in the long term and it's a fair question and it's something that i think a lot of stars fans and even people like me in the media that talk about this team or write about this team on a daily basis you, you do start to ask these questions and this was something that the stars struggled with early on in the year and i remember we asked pete DeBoer, is this a concern and he said you know, no, not really. You just have to win one or two to get things to go your way. And then things will kind of even itself out. And we saw the team, you know, get those wins. We saw them get an overtime win back to back over the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings in mid-December. And you think, okay, maybe the Stars are back on track. We see them get a shootout win on Long Island uh, on that New York road trip. And it seemed like maybe things were slowly but surely starting to go back into the favor of the Stars. And then on that very same New York road trip, uh, we see the team suffer an overtime loss. And we've just seen quite a few OT losses here over a pretty recent stretch. And the Stars are now 28, 13, and 10 
on this season. So not an ideal, you know, not, 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 not an ideal overtime record, but I mean, it's something that I think to some degree we can be concerned about it. And on the other side, on the other side, it's not something that we should be, you know, pondering over too much as I don't think it will necessarily be the downfall of this team when the dust settles on this season. And, you know, you look at the the negative side, 10 overtime losses, certainly less than ideal. It's the most in the central division. The next closest teams are Nashville and Arizona, both with sixth. And the Stars actually have the second most overtime losses in the entire NHL, only behind the San Jose Sharks with 11. And, and But, you know, you look at that side and you say, well, they got to find a way to, you know, get these extra points and they have to find a way to, you know, get these wins past regulation for the betterment of their season. But in some ways, these overtime losses have been their saving grace to some degree. I mean, you look at the Winnipeg Jets who have 19 regulation losses and only one overtime loss. The Minnesota Wild, 17 regulation losses to four overtime losses. And the Colorado Avalanche, 18 regulation losses to only three overtime losses, where the Stars may have 10 overtime losses, but that's still you know, a few points that you pick up. Whereas they only have 13 regulation losses, which is not that much in comparison to Winnipeg's 19, Minnesota's 17, or Colorado's 18. So it, 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 the argument can go both ways. Two things can be true at once that, yes, overtime is a problem. And with the you know around 30 games left in the season, give or take, which team you look at, it, it certainly could come back and bite this team in terms of playoff positioning, playoff seeding, what have you. But once they get to the postseason, three-on-three overtime goes out the window, and it's not something that you have to rely on in order to win games. So two things can be true at once, and that the overtime struggles suck and they're not a ton of fun to watch this season with the Stars. But I don't think it's going to be the downfall of this team because although they've been on a little bit of a stretch of overtime games, it's not something we've seen super often with the Stars this season. We've seen it maybe more than we would have liked to, but more often than not, when this team is winning games, they're doing so in regulation and they're doing it relatively convincingly uh, and finding ways to you know avoid those tight, close games. You can't always avoid them, and they're inevitable, and they're going to happen at times. But at the end of the day, points are points, and the Stars are finding ways to pocket points from games where lesser teams and other teams might lose in regulation and not get any sort of compensation for their efforts. And I think this is a huge reason why the Stars have been in first place for a while is because even with a 10 overtime losses, that's still, what, 10 points that you pick up? Sure, you could have had 10 more points that you've left on the table, but in this league, and especially in a division like the Central, you have to take what you can get. I mean, you'd love to see them win more games in overtime to gain a little bit more separation, but you also just have to roll with the punches. And I think that that's kind of been the message with this team, that they're obviously making adjustments to work it out. And I don't really know what the answer is outside of possess the puck and try to get some shots on net. That really seems to be the issue with the Stars. If they don't win that opening faceoff, their chances of winning in overtime seem to decrease dramatically. Uh, you, you hardly really ever see it. And even on Friday, they, they trotted out uh, a different trio. We've seen uh, early on, I believe it was the Buffalo and Carolina game, the starting trio in overtime was Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, and Miro Haskinen, whereas on Friday against the Devils, we saw Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan out there with Miro Haskinen. I don't I think Miro Haskinen is a given out there. 
And maybe you try to change up the forwards, but the the pitfall of this Stars team is that they aren't necessarily built for the three-on-three overtime. A lot of their best face-off guys are not necessarily players that you want to have on the ice in a three-on-three situation. Roddick Foxa, Luke Glendening, in theory, Rope Hints would be a nice piece to have out there. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, those are all good players in the face-off circle, but the opposition is also going to send out their best overtime players, and more often than not, those opponents have had guys that are sometimes the best player on the team and also one of the best face-off guys like Nathan McKinnon and Colorado. I think New Jersey falls in the same boat as well. The Stars just don't really have that roster that has an, a, an, you know, an armada of guys that can go out there and compete with some of the top speed in the NHL. I mean, Jack Hughes is a difficult player to keep up with. Nathan McKinnon is a difficult player to keep up with, and the Stars do have a few pieces, a few players that can match that speed and match that energy and Miro Haskin and Rope Hints, but it's not normally just one guy for those other teams. They often have two or three really fast guys out there at once, and the Stars just don't seem to be able to keep up. And if you make any sort of mistake in overtime, the other team will often make you pay. And that's exactly uh, what we saw this past week in all of the games against the Sabres, Hurricanes, and the Devils. And will this team get it turned around here in the regular season and win some games past regulation? It's hard to say. I mean, you'd obviously love to see the team turn a new page here in the back half of the season. Maybe Pete DeBoer coaching in the All-Star game can learn a thing or two with the three-on-three format, uh, although I can't imagine the All-Star game being as intense as an actual NHL overtime period, but maybe some time off and some time hopefully relaxing just clears some things up for him, clears some things up for the team, and they can be a better team down in the final stretches of regular season games and pick up a few more points in order to help themselves out in the standings. But again, once they get to the postseason, I truly think that this team is going to be fine if the games require them to go to overtime. I think this team will perform much better in the five-on-five format and can play a much more well-rounded game, and they can play their brand and their style of hockey, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in this show. But we're going to take one quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some trade rumors. Bo Horvat, his name has been circulating the NHL trade market, and now there's murmurs that he could potentially come to Dallas. Could it happen, and what would it take for that move to be made? More on that right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And your subscription comes with a free year supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D in five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. And we're continuing on with this mailbag episode on Monday. We, I'll be throwing up the questions on the YouTube form uh, of this episode, but also be talking about a little bit. And not necessarily one specific question here for the next topic of discussion. Several people asking some questions, and it's been a, a hot topic on Star's Twitter as of late. There's been a decent amount of circulation about Bo Horvat potentially coming to Dallas after a report from Nick Kiprios of the Toronto Star made itself known on Twitter. I believe that was Thursday night was at least when I saw the, the, the rumors and the speculation and, and myself and many others curious to think or, or ask and ponder what stars fans and what the Dallas stars community thought of such a move potentially being made. And Bo Warbat in general has maybe been the most discussed player this season in terms of a, a potential trade with everything going on in Vancouver, Bruce Boudreau out the door, Rick Tockett, the new head coach, Things are an absolute mess, and that's putting it politely in Vancouver. And it seemed like since the start of the season that Bo Horvat was as good as gone, uh, and this team is going to look elsewhere uh, in terms of building their team around a different captain. And I really had not heard Dallas up until recently. A lot of the names I had heard, uh, Boston, Carolina, Minnesota, New Jersey, Seattle. Uh, I mean, teams like that, the teams you would expect to hear and trade talks for a player of Bo Horvat's caliber. I mean, he's a 31 goal scorer this season and adding him to any team could potentially make one of the best top sixes in the NHL. And that includes the Dallas stars. Is this a move that would actually work for them? Is it something they should actually consider? Uh, is this just wild speculation and someone just trying to generate clicks online by making this, you know, statement, whether or not it is true. I mean, the front office, for all we know, could very much be interested in Horvat services. And Jim Nil has made some pretty impressive moves as far as trades in the past. And I, I don't doubt he could figure something out here, but it, it could be a lot easier said than done to make a decision that both benefits the Stars, not just now, but in the long term as well, while also giving the Canucks the compensation that they so desire in order to get their team back on track. And I really have no doubt that this could happen, but whether or not it should or will is a different discussion. I, I think, you know, you you can believe whatever you want. You are entitled to say, hey, I want Bo, Hor Bo Horvat on this team, or I don't want Bo Horvat on this team. And that, that makes total sense. Every fan is going to have a different opinion. And I'm not necessarily saying I would want him or don't want him on the team. Of course, he's an incredibly gifted player, an incredible goal scorer. His services would be nice, but it, it might come at a pretty steep cost for any team looking to add him to their roster, including uh, the Dallas Stars, especially with a team like Vancouver with a new coach and re-signing players like Andre Kuzmenko. I mean, they're really trying to kind of reset things in Vancouver right now. So it wouldn't just be a minor trade. This would be a monumental trade in order to properly compensate the team, sending off a 31-goal score. They would want a pretty decent return either in picks, prospects, or young players. And it's picks is a tricky situation for the stars right now because they don't have their first or third round picks in this summer's draft. The first round pick sent to the New York Rangers when the stars acquired Niels Lundqvist before the start of the season. And the third round pick actually belongs to the Arizona Coyotes that they received in the trade for Scott Wedgwood last season. So the stars not with a ton of picks near the top end of the NHL draft this summer. They do have their second round pick, but how much value that pick is going to hold 
you don't really know. I mean, it's a, it's a good draft coming up. It's a very top-heavy draft, but I know myself and, and many others probably not super familiar with some of the players that are projected to go in the second round, although we do know that you can find some pretty solid players in the second round, like Stars prospect Logan Stankoven, who was a second-round pick in 2021. But, I mean, it's not just picks and, and you know prospects that you have to talk about. You also have to imagine that the receivers of Horvat would want some of his $5.5 million cap hit to be retained by Vancouver. I don't really know how the details of that would work out or what Vancouver would be willing to hold. $5.5 million is certainly not the biggest cap hit for potential trade pieces this season. Guys like Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer certainly have bigger cap hits, but $5.5 million is definitely a pretty big chunk of change, meaning that whoever is looking to get him, especially the stars who are only sitting around $1.5 million in cap space, would have to be willing to move quite a bit in order to add him to the roster. But it wouldn't just be guys on the NHL level. Uh, you would have to imagine that, that the Vancouver Canucks would want some pretty high caliber prospects. They would want Logan Stankoven. They would maybe want Maverick Bork. They would maybe even want Wyatt Johnston. I mean, they would want a, a lot of really good return pieces. I think everyone in the hockey world knows how good Logan Stankoven is, and a lot of teams are probably kicking themselves over the fact that they did not draft him and that he fell all the way to the stars in the second round. So, I mean, that that's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you willing to sell the farm potentially for a chance at winning the Stanley Cup this season, which as good as Bo Horvat is, is adding him really going to push the stars over the top where they're going to beat every single team in the West and then whoever they would potentially face in the Stanley Cup finals out East because it's going to be a, a tight race regardless of who they would face if they make it that far. We just saw the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Boston Bruins and the Bruins as good as they've been starting to slow down a little bit. They've seemed to have hit just the slightest bit of a wall and, and either way that team's good. The Carolina hurricanes are good. The New York Rangers are good. Tampa Bay, Toronto might actually decide to do something with themselves. This postseason is Bo Horvat really the piece that's going to push you to the Stanley cup. Is he going to be the difference maker for you to actually win the title this season? And if so, are you willing to sacrifice a, a, you know, a part or a big chunk of your franchise's future for that potentially only one Stanley Cup. And again, that's up for you to decide as the fan, and that's up for the front office to decide in terms of actually making a trade, whether it's this trade with Bo Horvat or another big name free agent. I mean, Horvat's certainly not the only massive free agent out there, but he's really the only big name up to this point that I've seen even rumored to potentially be going to the Dallas Stars. Would this ruin the future of the franchise? And I mean, if I did have to give my opinion, I say it's maybe not worth it. I think the Stars certainly should look to buy at the deadline, but I think they can make some meaningful moves for the roster without having to give up too much in return in terms of keeping the future intact. I think you want to hold on to the Stan Covens and the Borks of the world and maybe try to move someone on the NHL roster. And I'm going to be looking to talk about some potential trades a little bit later on this week, hopefully with a guest. A few people did ask questions on Twitter and YouTube asking for some more reasonable and realistic trade targets, guys that the Stars could go after and what those trades might look like. And again, we'll touch on that a little bit later this week, but did want to address the Bo Horvat situation. Let me know in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube, would you want to see Bo Horvat in victory green at some point this season? Or do you think the trade value would not be worth it? Do you think the Stars would have to give up too much uh, for the elite center from the Vancouver Canucks. Let me know in the comments down below 
or shoot me a tweet on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis or the show at Locked On Stars. Well, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the last mailbag question of the day, breaking down the Dallas Stars identity this season. More on that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features to make betting on sports both fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The Super Bowl is set. The Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the, that team from Philadelphia, the, the Falcons, the, the rape, whatever they are, some kind of bird. Uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City in the Super Bowl should be a fantastic matchup. And if you want to bet it, you can do so at FanDuel Sportsbook and use their app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid with your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Stars podcast. Closing out a Monday mailbag episode of Locked On Stars. The last question I want to address, a few questions, a few people asking about the identity of the Dallas Stars, asking what, what, what does this team look like this season? What have they made their strengths? What have been the strengths that they have leaned on to be so successful this season? But also, what have been some of the setbacks? What have been some of the weaknesses of this team uh, with 51 games played this season uh, and around 30 games left to go? And, and I think I've talked about this before on this show, but also on a few other podcasts as well, talking about the stars. I think the identity, as easy and basic and generic as it might sound, it's really that the, the, the change this season from generating offense from good defense, which we know the defense hasn't been perfect, but when the Stars are at their best, they're using a ton of aggression in order to you know, force themselves on the other team, and they really go all out for goals. I think that they can turn good goaltending and solid defensive play to you know, exit the zone quickly, navigate the neutral zone, and create those rush opportunities. And I think that that's kind of where they've grounded themselves this season. When the Stars have played their best games this year, they've been doing just that. They've been riding that good goaltending. They've been using that strong defensive play, not being too leaky around the net, which I know is not easy to do for 82 straight games. The team certainly hasn't been perfect at it this season, but I think they've taken massive steps forward from where they were last year. Last year, one of the biggest complaints was that this was a one-line team, a dump-and-chase team, trying to just generate offense on the off chance that you could catch a team asleep in their own zone and try to generate that zone time in order to wear down a team. But this year's Dallas Stars don't always do that. Every now and then, they do dump and chase. Uh, and I think sometimes it is necessary if you are spending too much time on the defensive end of the ice and you just need to send the puck deep and try to generate some zone time. I get it. Uh, there's times where I think the dump and chase mentality is necessary in a game, but it felt like last year's Stars were just doing it constantly, no matter what situation in the game that they were in. And a lot of times things did not necessarily work out for them 
at the end of games. But really this year, they play so much differently. They're a little bit more patient with their exits out of the defensive zone and entries into the offensive zone. But at the same time, they move. Every move they seem to make for the most part has a purpose. And that purpose is to get the puck up the ice and give someone a clean zone entry so they can either get set up to, to you know make a play for another teammate or they're setting themselves up uh, to potentially score a goal. And I think th this reflects in the offensive numbers. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, my light just went out, so I'll be a little bit dark here to close out the episode. The team, is, it's reflective in their offensive numbers how many steps forward they've taken in generating that defense into offense and playing that full 200-foot game. They're tied for second in the NHL with New Jersey and goal differential at plus 40, only behind the Boston Bruins, who are at almost a plus 80 goal differential this season, just out of this world numbers from the Bruins. But it, it really just, it, the Stars are able to play a complete game. They can put out four lines, four lines with some pretty quality players, and not every team in this league can do that. And they also have a decent core of defensemen, not a perfect core of defensemen. They certainly do make mistakes, as does every core of defensemen in the NHL. But the Stars have a pretty solid unit, and they, of course, also ride that phenomenal goaltending that they've been getting from Jake Ottinger this season, as well as Scott Wedgwood, when he's had to come in and given some pretty good performances for the most part this season. And this system under Pete DeBoer has not only elevated the play of current players that were already playing at a high level, your Robertsons, your Hintzes, your Pavelskis, it's also rejuvenated many players that seem to be middling or maybe on the decline, like Jamie Benn, uh, Tyler Sagan, as of late, has been playing a lot better. And we've even seen rookies like Wyatt Johnston come in uh, with a pretty, what seems like a seamless transition into the NHL. And they're playing a very strong game. But even guys like Ty Delandria on the defensive end, Miro Haskinen, Essa Lindell, Colin Miller, all able to play that 200-foot game pretty effectively for the most part. So I think, you know, for lack of a better term, of, of a simpler and shorter term, it's that full 200-foot game, and I think the team takes pride in that style of play, and I think that that's something that they've wanted to do as a team. They just haven't been able to live out the offensive side. I think the defense intensity has always been there, but the, the offensive production and the goal scoring has not always made itself known on the ice, whereas now this team looks drastically different than the team from last season, and the stars, it's reflecting in the standings, are, are a much better group for it. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you guys that submitted questions. I know I did not get to every single question, but I do try to read and at least some kind of way acknowledge each question that does get asked. So thank you guys for submitting those. And hopefully we'll get to do another mailbag episode sometime soon. And be sure to keep it locked here on Locked on Stars this week. Hopefully we'll have a few guests to talk about some potential trade targets and talk about the Stars in general, maybe do some mid-season evaluations, talk about the best players on the team, the players that are outperforming expectations, maybe some players that are underperforming, and, and things of that nature. Should still be a fun uh, and exciting week here at Locked on Stars, talking about the back end of the season while the team itself is off getting rested and getting ready for the aforementioned back end of the regular season. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Hope you enjoy your Monday, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.